team. Welcome to the first episode of the Journey Endurance Club podcast. The Journey is a community of passionate runners, a place to connect and share your passion for running, to create authentic relationships, to inspire and be inspired, and to be cheered by our global team of runners. We believe that running is much more than a competitive sport, where what matters is being fast or the first. We intend to bring the stories, adventures, the best tips, the best challenges that will make you a better athlete and a better person. From your first step in a running shoe to your last step in an ultra marathon, we are here for you. Since we are into stories and inspiration, we decided to launch the Journey Talks where we invite ultra runners to share their passion, their purpose, to talk about their adventures, training and their journey. Always with the mission of supporting your journey. And team, let me tell you, we start big with the one and only Ricky Gates. Ricky Gates is an ultra runner, writer and photographer with lots of experience. Someone for whom running is an art. Something that now inspires him on his new projects and adventures, where we can see his love for endurance and get to know more about his storytelling, writing, design and photography skills. You may have heard about this really inspiring and empathetic person because of two of his main adventures. Transamericana, where he crossed the US from South Carolina to San Francisco, and Every Single Street, where uh, he ran every single street on San Francisco. Do yourself a favor, please go check these videos. On this conversation, we had a chance to know a very curious driven person who doesn't need competition to stay motivated. We talk about the reason why he runs, how Ricky normally trains, the importance of recovery, and also had a chance to hear about his future endeavors. Really enjoyed this first conversation with such an amazing person, hoping that after listening to it, you are inspired enough to put your shoes on and go knowing that we got your back. It is now time to sit, relax, and enjoy this conversation. So um, let's, let's start. Uh, just like I said, uh, Ricky, a few minutes ago, it's, it's uh, really uh, an honor to, to have you as the, our first guest of uh, the Journey Talk. Just like I said, uh, this is uh, our, second, our second week uh, Chris, uh, Chris Tetzel is, he was one of the biggest, like, um, like, uh, he's a friend, uh, and he helped me a lot just to start, go ahead, try, and, uh, we go from there. So it's also an honor to have you, um, participate, participating in this event and being a member of, of, of the community, Sven, Pedro, Nick, welcome our, our friend from the, from the UK. Um, Ricky, again, uh, thank you so much for, for being with us uh, in this uh, informal conversation and we, we are really looking forward to get some inspiration for you. And for, uh, for those uh, who don't know you well, uh, and let's try to avoid those cliche presentations. Uh, what, what, um, can you just tell us a little bit more about you, like... Something funny, something that people don't know. 
We know that you are ultra runner, rider, photographer, you are a very humble and inspiring person, but who is Ricky? Yeah, um, so I guess most recently I've been described, uh, I've got a good friend in San Francisco who's an amazing artist, his name's Charlie Lease, um, and he's been watching what I've been doing lately, and uh, he, he came up with this term, uh, conceptual runner, um, and, and kind of playing off of that term of conceptual artist and, and endurance runner. Um, so yeah, my, uh, my name is Ricky Gates. I'm from Colorado. I've been running and racing for the past, uh, 25 years of my life. Um, I was very much defined, um, uh, by both the outside world and by myself as, as a, a racer, um, that started off with uh, track and cross country in high school and into college. Um, and then I discovered my love for trail and mountain running, uh, and that took me on a, a 10 to 15 year journey racing around the States and in Europe uh, and uh, also in South America, over in Asia and even to Antarctica. Um, and then I grew uh, a little bit weary of of both that title and the lifestyle and the uh kind of the the demands of having to maintain that level of fitness and competitive uh spirit uh kind of year round and and that's when i started uh upon uh kind of this current title that my friend gave me of conceptual runner and so i kind of come up with uh running projects that inspire both myself and ideally others and follow them through and kind of see what happens. Uh, one, one, one thing that I find like uh, really interesting is that uh, at this moment, do you still compete? I do still compete. Yeah. And I've, I've got a couple races, uh, hopefully coming up this coming summer um, that I'm, I'm really looking forward to. Uh -huh, I've, I've uh -huh. definitely not retired from racing. Um, <laughs> no, I because I thought, I thought that um, you were just doing your like conceptual artists uh, plus running thing. Uh, and because normally when we see even on, on social media, uh, like athletes, runners, uh, that they just they are just focused on running. Uh, it's actually their, uh, like his or her job. It's because they compete. We don't see that many athletes that don't compete but still are paid to like being like a running advocate. So uh, that's why I ask if you if you'd still uh, compete. Do you remember your first race? How was it? Uh, I yeah, I do remember my first race. It was when I was uh, 13. I must have been 13 years old. It was a five-kilometer race in Aspen, Colorado. Um, the it was a the race was set up as a uh, a fundraiser for a youth program in Aspen. That and I was uh, participating in the youth program. It was called the Aspen Youth Center, uh, the Aspen Alpine Club. Um, and it was set up so that the, the youth in the Aspen area uh, could get out and take advantage of the mountains and the trails in the area, um, perhaps for, for kids that uh, didn't have parents that, weren't, that were taking them out there. Uh, my parents were very supportive, but they had no real concept of, of camping uh, out in the wilderness. And so it was a great opportunity for me. 
And so to kind of help raise money, uh, me and four or five other uh, kids in this group, uh, we wore kind of our backpacks and harnesses and a rope and we ran this five kilometer race uh, and raised some more money for, for our group. Uh, so that was, uh, yeah, kind of an indelible mark, uh, on my first time running. Was, uh, uh was it like first love at first sight when you just started uh, to run or it was like, uh, I'm going to do this just for fundraising and that's it. It, it definitely was not love at first sight. Um, I, I enjoyed it. I, but what I enjoyed more than anything was hanging out with my friends. Um, and I would say that continued on for several years. I, I joined the cross country team either the next year or the year after. And again, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't really about the running. It was about hanging out with my friends and, and meeting people. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, um, why, so before you started to, to, to run on like mountains, like train trail running, you were, uh, doing track running, right? Uh, I started cross country first, which yeah. uh, uh -huh. the, the coach was uh, pretty adamant about getting us out on the trails. He moved to Aspen from uh, the East Coast uh, because he loved the mountains and, and uh, that's, that's what kept him there for, for 25 years. Um, and so there was two or three days a week where our training, he just, uh, we all went to the trails and and did our practices there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. Let me take uh, just some time. Hey, Nick, Chris, Sven, Pedro, if you have any question, please just turn your mic and go ahead. You want to ask some uh, question, uh, Chris? Sure. Go ahead, uh, buddy. Ricky, thanks so much for coming. This is pretty awesome. Uh, never got to talk to a star before. So um, my question is, is, is look, uh, I, I agree with you. Running is kind of a, It's, it's especially when you're a, a kid. I mean, it's got to be very difficult to, to get into it and, and just to really, you know, say, oh, my God, you know, this is fun. If, you know, for me, sometimes it's not fun at all. But, you know, you do it because it's you've got to go do it to get in shape and all that kind of stuff. But so I kind of think about, like, you know, being a um, professional runner and, and things like Is it is that what you do for a living? And, and, you know, are you always trying to push for sponsors? Is it, you know, what? what is that life like, you know, like trying to get people to sponsor you to try to get, you know, cause you got to live, you know? And, and I, I mean, I just, I'm always curious to see how runners do that. You know, I'll never be a professional That's athlete. That's an interesting question. Yeah. I kind of, you know, yeah, so. that's an interesting question. Yes. Yeah. So, um, so I picked up, uh, my first sponsorship, uh, we're coming up on 12 years ago. Um, <laughs> I asked a friend, this is when I was living in Boulder, Colorado, and I had already, made a couple U.S. mountain running teams. And frankly, I was tired of paying for my running shoes. And, mm -hmm. and I asked a friend of mine, how do I get sponsored? It was Adam Chase. Yeah, um, he was uh, early in the, the sport of mountain running and trail running. And he told me a lot of really important things about getting sponsored. Um, but most importantly, he was put in charge of the Solomon running team, uh, the U.S. portion of it, just a few months later, and then asked me to join. Um, and <laughs> awesome. since then, I've had maybe one or two other sponsors in addition to Solomon. Um, it's something that I've been, to be quite honest, I've been quite careful about. Um, mm. It's uh, like to kind of paint a picture for you like it, it it's just it's never been worth it for me um since then 
um, to just get product from a sponsor. Like I do need that financial support. And, and that's a two way street. If a sponsor is paying you money, like they're, if you're on their, their payroll, like they're going to ask for something out of you and you're going to try and deliver that same product back to them. And that's always been very important. Um, I've, I have been offered a lot of sponsorships over the years, uh, product sponsorships. Um, it seems like uh, CBD sponsorships are a, a dime a dozen right now. I've got a million samples here at my house. Um, <laughs> thank you guys for sending those to me, but like, it's just, uh, I, I don't quite get it. Um, but yeah, the so finding, uh, for me, finding one good sponsor um, over the past decade has, has really, I mean, yeah, for lack of a, a better phrase, it really has changed my life. Um, and, and I'm, am forever indebted to Solomon for that, for initially seeing a competitive athlete and then seeing, uh, the artist in that competitive athlete and then allowing, uh, that athlete to pursue more of an artistic form rather than competition. Um, so we've really grown together over the years. Um, in addition to that, like uh, sponsor, uh, Solomon doesn't pay all of my bills. It's a it's a a, a portion of of my salary. Um, I've had to figure out other ways to make money. And uh, early on in my career, um, this is this was very easy for me. I I grew up in Aspen, Colorado, uh, which is a service community oriented uh, serv- service oriented community. Um, it was always very easy for me to return home after several months of traveling and find a job waiting tables or busing tables or bartending or whatever it might be. I was always very upfront with them. I say, I'd say like, listen, I'm only looking for a job for four or five months. Um, here's my resume. I'm, I'm, I'm good at what I do. Uh, you're not going to have to tr- uh, worry about me for the next five months. Um, I'll work my butt off. Um, and, and nine times out of 10, they'd say, you know what, a, a good server is better than a bad server. Yeah. Uh, and, and we'll take you on. We appreciate awesome. that. You still do that? I don't do that anymore. So that helped me out for the first several years. Um, and then that's kind of when I moved into like, all right, how can I make uh, running pay uh, a little bit more without seeking more sponsorships? Mm-hmm. Um, and in addition to like finding the races that would uh, that I could potentially make some money in, um, I started uh, pursuing writing and, and photography. And so Trail Runner magazine early on, I told them this was after my first time going to Europe uh, to race over there for five months. Um, I came back and and I went to the editor of Trail Runner magazine and I said, I just had the most incredible experience. I've never really read about it in your magazine. Um, I just raced in Europe for five months and there's an entire culture over there that's dedicated to, to making this happen. Um, and they said, write about it, we'll pay you. And so that was my first of, at, at this point now, 15 to 20 feature length articles. I had a, uh, a uh, column with them for a few years and all of these uh, in addition to being able to live a very modest lifestyle uh, helped pay for uh, the, the the life that I was living. Mm-hmm. Um, and then fast forward a couple more years, uh, we're talking now eight years ago, um, I kind of had this idea that I wanted to share what I love about running with um 
the community beyond just writing about it. And that's when I uh, made this idea of, of running hut to hut in yeah. the, the Colorado Rockies. Uh, I made that happen. Hut, so run, hut, hut run hut and bus hut run, run bus. Hut. Yeah. And yeah, bus run bus came a little bit later. Um, but the hut run hut first time was about eight years ago and, and very first year we sold out the trip and now I've put together, I'm coming up on 18 trips. I've got three trips this coming summer. Um, I've got a couple bus trips. Um, I've got a trip in Japan and then, uh, a trip in Mexico. And now, uh, here in Santa Fe, New Mexico, I've got another trip. And, um, so it's not just a way for me to make money. Um, but it's also a way for me to, to share my love for the sport and to get people out there and frankly, to get to know a whole bunch of strangers, uh, one-on-one quite intimately. Um, I feel like I'm in a great position to get to know people. It's, uh, you know, I, I didn't think that I would have that opportunity, uh, 15 years ago to, you know, to be on the trail with somebody with a doctor or an IT person or, you know, whatever it is uh, from every corner of the States and then oftentimes beyond uh, to get to know complete strangers uh, in that way. Um, So, yeah, kind of piecing it all together. uh, That's kind of how I make a living these days. I don't know about you, but uh, if we could organize like an exclusive to journey, hut run, hut uh, trip, I would raise my, my both hands. (laughs) <laughs> All right. <laughs> Can I just ask a quick Nick, question? Go ahead. Rick, um, of course. Ricky, fantastic to uh, have the opportunity to speak with you and uh, have followed your journey um, for some time and uh, you really are an inspiration. I'm sure you hear that before. but uh, um, So just to say that. But um, a question around, you know, the creativity that, you, that you've brought um to your career and and where you see that going you know it's been fantastic to see some of the projects you've talked about um and uh, obviously your work as a creative as an artist um and i just wondered if you could share a bit more about that and how you think about that and think about your craft as a as a sort of cultured runner i guess or uh, what was the a concept runner can you share a little bit more around that yeah so um, I mean, I, I, I've always been interested in writing and photography. Um, I took my first photography class when I was in high school. Um, I, took, I, I had the same English teacher in high school three years in a row. I just really loved his teaching style. Um, and so I kept uh, requesting classes with him. And then into college, I, I took a lot of writing classes as well. And then um, sociology and photography were my uh, main focuses in, in the university. Um, so that part of me has always existed. Um, and then, you know, I had this kind of side passion of running all of this time. Um, and, and this is where I have to state that, like, running is an endurance sport. And of course we know that, um, you know, when you go out for a mile, it's, it's five minutes of, of pure suffering. When you go out for, uh, 50 miles, you know, it's, it's 40 miles of, uh, pleasantness and 10 (laughs) miles of, of suffering. Um, and then I think most of us can attest to just the journey of running itself is an endurance sport. 
um, is, is an endurance endeavor. And, and this is something that like, you know, if someone wants to get into running, you, like you have to tell them, like, just to warn you, you're not going to be great at this right away. You might not even love it right away. Um, it's going to take some time. It might take years. And, um, and then I apply that same sort of mentality to uh, art and, um, and writing at the same time. Um, it's, it, it, it requires patience over years and years and, um, not necessarily looking at an end goal, but appreciating the journey that you're on all throughout. Uh, I think that's, what's most important. Thank you for that. Yeah, I totally agree. Can I just ask what's in the background on your shelves there? Are those all your sort of creative samples? Gems. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, jams. Um, so, uh, I started traveling pretty early on, uh, after, uh, my freshman year of college. Um, I was going to Lewis and Clark college, a small private school in Oregon. Uh, I was paying, I think the school was like at that time, $35,000 a year. Um, and I was paying for half of that. Um, uh, which is a lot of money for a 19 year old that doesn't really have a whole lot of concept of money. Um, and I had no idea what I was studying. I was partying a lot. Um, and I decided after the, my freshman year, like I'm, I'm not ready for school yet. So I took two years off of college. And, uh, one of those years I went down to S South America. Um, and I came back from South America with every single, little uh, souvenir that you could possibly imagine from Bolivia, Peru, Ecuador, Northern Chile, and my bag weighed 75 pounds. And I got home and I'm like, what am I going to do with all of this stuff? Like all, most of this stuff is pretty meaningless. Like, and I, I don't think I have anything left from that trip. It was on the next trip that I took. Uh, I actually went to Italy uh, the following year. And I'm like, I'm not going to buy any souvenirs. Every souvenir that I've ever really wanted uh, is here at my feet. And that's when I started uh, collecting uh, dirt samples from all of the places that I went to. And so behind me, you've got uh, about 250 jars of sand and dirt and, and stuff from all the different places that I've been to in the world. Uh, I just pulled two at random off the, the shelf there. This one's from Normandy. Uh, this is Gold Beach. Um, they're they're important to me because it's like I look at this and not a, not only am I reminded of like uh, world history in this. This is where uh, the U.S. Uh, yeah. landed in uh, in in Europe uh, in World War II, but I'm also reminded yeah. of the the people that I was with uh, at that time and the day um, that 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 was. It was like I was with Pierre. I was with my little sister. The it was a windy day as it almost always is in Normandy. Um, and this is way more meaningful to me than anything that I could possibly purchase uh, in those places. Um, and then the other one is from Fort Bragg in Northern California. Um, uh -huh. So, okay. yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, like just like you said, more meaningful than like just a magnet or. Yeah, I know. Wow, it's it's really different. Um, For a moment, I thought that it was the CBD samples they sent. Yeah, <laughs> two hundred and fifty samples of CBD. Um, before before we we talk a little bit more about uh, what your projects, about your projects. Uh, since you have uh, like uh, years of experience 
like running experience. I really, I really like a sentence that you have uh, that's like, it doesn't matter all those like fast times, you know, we need more stories. And uh, I really, I really like that, that sentence. Uh, what, what, uh, what running means to you? Like when you, when you think about like, okay, this is my life because running is somehow, of course you have your family, but uh, running is part of your life. Uh, what, 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 what's the meaning of running to you? Well, I, I think in order to answer that question, I have to go back to, to what I was saying about running itself being an endurance endeavor, um, because running has meant so many different things for me throughout the course of my life. Um, like I had said initially, you know, I got into running because I wanted to hang out with my friends. Um, and that was like, there was absolutely nothing more important to me at that time in my life than to hanging out with new people um, and, and my close friends and, um, and the price I had to pay was to, to run five miles a day. Uh, um, you know, it was, yeah, if, if I, you couldn't have convinced me to have done that on my own, it was because it was a, a social community for me. Um, and then I kind of felt that same thing when I was going on to college. Um, but that was sort of slipping away a little bit. It was like, all right, I've got my friends here, but I'm not going to pay $35,000 a year um, to have this experience. Like I need, I need more out of this, uh, college education than just friendship on the cross country team. Um, and so it was a little bit after that where I, I started pursuing the trail and mountain running, um, and running to me at that time, this is my early to mid twenties, what it became like sort of how I define myself, um, in, in, in terms of both, uh, like my ego and my physical body. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and it's just, I, I really appreciated that, that level of suffering and th those results that I was getting out of it. Um, and then still fast forwarding uh, a few more years after I'd got some travel under my belt and discovered that I could uh, see the world through running um, as you know, running was paying for my travels. Um, it, it became a means to travel for me. Um, so that's what running meant for me at that moment. It was a community around the world that I got to, uh, to really uh, explore the world through. Um, and then you fast forward a little bit further and I'm not competing as much, um, but realizing that uh, this mode of transportation is a really great way for me to get to know my own country. And that's where we start to look at uh, my run across the country and, and running every single street. It, it became a way for me to understand uh, society, frankly. Um, and then, you know, at the, at the end of my run across the country, after I felt as though I had um, gotten a pretty good understanding of you at, at the very least U.S. society, it, it again went very, very deep uh, into my own personal self and became a way for me to discover myself. Um, so that was 2017. We're now in 2021. And what does running mean to me now? I'm you know, I don't run every single day right now. I'm doing my every single street project here in Santa Fe, but on a much more casual oh, level okay. than I was uh, in San Francisco. Um, and it's kind of uh, gone back to 
um, it's, it's a couple things. It's still a great sense of community here. Um, it's, it's how I spend quality time with quite a few of my friends. Um, but it's also become this thing that I have done consistently for uh, two and a half decades. And this is when I kind of, uh, I impart, try to impart to people like, I don't think that running is necessarily the thing for every single person, but I do hope that everybody is able to find one thing that they can do for year after year, decade after decade, and ideally for their entire lives, because it becomes, uh, you know, a, it's a simple thing that you can do over and over and over again and recognize both how that thing changes for you and how you change. It becomes a mirror for yourself and, and seeing how you've changed over all of these years. Yeah. Hey man, to that. Yes, um, I, I totally agree uh, with with uh, with what you said. Um, uh, you talked about your like you don't run every day, uh, which is which is something funny because normally uh, is is that something that you do even when you are focused on preparing for a race? Like you don't run every day? No, that's one of the things about uh, in in. Uh, I'd like to say kudos to those that do run every day. Um, <laughs> but like, honestly, like I love mountain biking so much. I love road biking. I love skiing. Um, you know, I, and there's days when it's like, I love doing nothing at all. And, and for me, that's perfectly okay. My, my goal is to, to be fit and, and to live a, a long and healthy life. Um, yeah. 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 And I've I've listened or I read somewhere that uh, you are a fan of intuitive running, even if you are doing like heel training or speed work. Actually, uh, yesterday we were talking about this on a on a clubhouse uh, room with with Nick. Like, do you do you still just go out? I, I won't say like without without a watch or something, but you you just you normally go with the flow. Like even if you're doing doing hills or speed work or long run, you just okay. So now I'm going out for three hours, and you just go. Yeah, I I still uh, I do um, use my watch on certain runs. Um, and it's usually the, 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 the cases for that are if I'm doing in every single street run and, and, uh, in my words, I'm, I'm drawing a picture with my feet, um, or, uh, in, in the case of, in other cases, um, I'm making a really solid effort and like an FKT attempt or something like that. And, and I want to record it, but otherwise, um, I've been doing this long enough and I think most people, you don't have to be doing it that long to, to know that like, uh, to, to listen to your body and know, um, that how hard you're pushing yourself. Um, and I think there's a lot of benefit to that, to, uh, to knowing that you can do a, uh, to do a run and say you want to do an hour effort. Like, uh, when you start off on that hour, like, ask yourself, honestly, like, can I do this for one hour? And, and I think that most of the time your body is going to tell you, your mind body connection is going to tell you, yes, you can do this for an hour or no, you can't do this for an hour. And at that point it's like, well, if I can't do this for an hour, how long can I hold this for? Um, so I think that's extremely important. And then 
um, in high school, my our coach, uh, he was never that adamant about us wearing watches or heart rates or anything. He did ask us to check our heart rate in the morning. That was a kind of a way to to gauge, uh, um, you know, if if we're recovering or not. Um, but there was what he called conversational pace, um, mm-hmm, yeah. and so that that was super important. So it's like, okay, that's because that's when we get ourselves into trouble is when we're not. Uh, um, allowing our bodies to recover, um, yeah. pushing, pushing ourselves hard. Um, I don't think is the hard part. I think, uh, allowing ourselves to recover is oftentimes the hard part. Yeah. Yeah. Nick, can I ask, can I ask you a question? Um, Ricky, how do you, so yeah, just to that point, a couple of things, really. One question was around who you, you know, who are your inspirations? So who are the people that you've looked to over the course of of your career as a professional runner and as a writer and a, you know, an artist that you've kind of drawn inspiration from. So that was one question. And then just to follow on from what you just mentioned actually about recovery, I had a question around how you, what you do personally in terms of active recovery, just kind of lounging around um, and how you go about that. So yeah, a couple of questions there really. Yeah. So uh, people that I've looked uh, up to over my running career, uh, Let's see. Early on, and he's he's still my uh, my very good friend here in Santa Fe. He's actually a year younger than me. Uh, his name's John Severy, and uh, we've been running together for 25 years. And wow. um, he's almost always been a little bit faster than me. And and so that's he's been the carrot out in front of me. Uh-huh. Um, back when I was in Boulder, uh, one of the people that really inspired me to, to kind of look at running as a potential means for travel, um, his name's Jay Johnson. And he did really well at Sierra Zinal back in the 1990s. I went into his shop. He had a, a Fleet Feet franchise in Boulder, Colorado in the, the early 2000s. Uh, and I told him that I was going to go do a, a race in Europe um, and he said, well, you should consider sticking around there for a few months. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he says, there are so many races out there. You would just love it. And he ended up telling me about, uh, about his time of going over to Europe for six or seven, uh, consecutive seasons and racing over there. And, and I'm like, oh, wow, that sounds really cool. Um, when I got over to Europe, uh, an Englishman by the name of Martin Cox, uh, took me under his wing. Uh, he'd been kind of vagabonding around Europe for 10 years at that point, And that was 10 years ago. He's going on 20 years over there. Um, and he uh, showed me a, a lot of uh, just a, a lot of ways to to enjoy the sport over there and, and to train hard and and sleep in your tent uh, when when a race organizer isn't uh, putting you up and to load up on croissants when they are putting you up and and to ask for for what you want from the race organizers and um, so yeah uh, uh, a whole handful of of runners uh, and most of them as you can kind of see are are more kind of lifestyle runners than rather than like Olympians uh, or anything like that. Um, in terms of writers, uh, there was uh, one, I mean, I, I, yeah, obviously Jack Kerouac, there a lot of uh, traditional American yeah. old school uh, the writers. Yeah, the Beats, a lot of those guys. Um, but then there was a guy um, that's not as well known. Uh, his name is Ted Conover. 
um, and he's still around today. He wrote, uh, he wrote the kind of stories that I, and that I really in, was inspired to write myself. Um, he lived, so it would take him one year or a year and a half to, uh, put together a book. Um, and I'll just use one of his books as an example. Uh, it was called Coyotes. And this is about the, uh, the undocumented uh, immigrants, mostly Mexicans, going across the border. This is in the 1980s and 1990s. Um, and he wanted to write uh, more stories about this. And so he actually lived the life of an undocumented immigrant mm -hmm. for six months. Um, he crossed the border with them wow. four or five times. He went uh, into the fields in the Central Valley in California and worked their jobs um, and just got to know them and their lifestyle strictly through living it. And then he would spend uh, six months to eight months uh, in front of his uh, typewriter or computer uh, putting a story together. And so it was kind of like a non-scientific anthropological look at all of these different uh, um, little subsections of society. He wrote about um, the prison system in the U.S. He wrote about the, re I, I actually got to meet him in the in the early 2000s or late 90s because uh, he lived in Aspen as a taxi driver for six months and and then wrote a, a book about uh, kind of this Aspen lifestyle that he had uh, gotten exposed to a little bit. Um, cool. And then uh, your second question was about recovery. Um, and that's, again, going back to really listening to your body. Um, there was a time when I... And when I was running every day, it was in my 20s, uh, mid 20s to late 20s. And that's when I was much more focused on uh, being the fastest runner that I could possibly be. And uh, all while not having any sort of training regimen whatsoever, with the exception of uh, I have to put my running shoes on once a day and get out the door. Um, and that's when I kind of like really started listening to my body and you know i'd put my shoes on it was like i really do not feel good today but i'd make myself put my shoes on get out the door and run one mile and if i still wasn't feeling good in a mile it's like your my body's telling me something it's time to to head back and and rest today and and i'll go about it again tomorrow um today currently uh you know i i I use biking a lot more uh, than I have really ever at this point as as recovery, both strengthening and recovery, uh, just because it's so much lower impact. Um, running can be so impactful on your body that for me, uh, being able to to hop on the bike for an hour, or two hours, or three hours is is so important. And and uh, active recovery, it's it's wonderful and fun. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Thanks for those answers. Yeah. You, Sven, Pedro, do you have any any question uh, to ask uh, Ricky? Uh, well, maybe I have. Go ahead. Uh, uh, Ricky, I uh, uh, just want to thank you for being here. It's a an honor. Uh, I have to, to tell you the truth. I, I haven't heard about the legend of Ricky Gates uh, until a month ago since I joined. Uh, about the time I, I joined the journey, um, but it's the it it just took so little to to become a, 
a fan and uh, I, I'm a little bit uh, starstruck right now. But <laughs> what I, I want to ask you is, was, is like, um, do you feel that like, that the Transamerica was like your biggest achievement uh, so far? I don't want to, to um, you know, to, uh, how, how can I say this? Well, I don't, I don't want to assume it was, to, for what, what I know about your career, it, it might have been, but uh, I don't want to assume. Uh, and if it is, it's okay. <laughs> I totally understand. But if it's not, uh, what do you think it might be? It, it doesn't have to be a race. It, it, has to, it might be something you have done with your life. And, um, and if it's the case that uh, the, the crossing of the United States is the, your biggest achievement, what are like the, the, the rest of the podium, number two and number three? Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, to, to answer that, I like, I would be really hard pressed to uh, point to any one thing that I've done. And um, I would argue that it's the same with nearly everybody uh, in their lives um, that um, I, th I think this this group is appropriately called the journey. Um, be, like one one thing has to happen in order for the next thing to happen. And then that has to happen in order for the next thing to happen. Like I, I would not have uh, even thought of running across the country if it weren't for the previous 15 years in my running career. Um, so even if it was the, the biggest, you know, achievement, um, I needed all of the things before that in order to pursue that, that, uh, endeavor. Um, so, um, I don't know, that's, it, it feels a little bit like a cop-out answer, but it's, uh, I, I think there's a lot of truth behind that. We, we all have to take these paths in order to, to get to, to where we are at this current moment in time. Um, With that said, uh, yeah, I, I don't I don't think I've ever gone that deep uh, into myself physically or mentally uh, in in any other effort in my life. Um, with that said, I uh, my my project that I did following my run across the country of running every single street in San Francisco, um, I think. It, it, 20 years from now, I'll look at that as a more, possibly a more impactful uh, project. Um, because, and I say that because uh, over the course of the past 120 years, the number of people that have run across the country, I would uh, guess at this point is in, is close to 5,000 people. Um, and, and it used to be a huge thing uh, back in the late 1800s. Uh, the pedestrianism, it was big money. Uh, in today's uh, dollar terms, uh, there was gentlemen out there that were making anywhere from $500,000 to a million dollars in these prize purses to run across the country. Um, currently, to this day, I'm, I'm on a Facebook uh, page of people that are crossing the country. I'd, I'd say there's probably a hundred people out there right now that are crossing the country. And I know that each one of them are, are experiencing a lot of the same experiences that I felt. So uh, for me, that, that doesn't necessarily demote the, the project uh, all that much, but it does kind of point towards something that is a shared experience with so many other people. Um, 
the every single street project um i'm i would say that i'm i'm even more proud of because uh it required my mind uh, the use of my mind a whole lot more than running across the country did um it it was uh like pure concept uh and it 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 really gave me an understanding of society that uh that i couldn't have even anticipated at the beginning of the project um and it's something that i uh you know i i can ask people and suggest to people to that they should do the same project in their hometowns um i don't have necessarily the same feeling about running across the country yeah <laughs> that's um do you, i don't know if you know like there's a there's a movie on youtube uh that like the title of the movie is like how to start the movement it's a very well-known movie where where's uh, someone alone starting to dance and some like with time more and more people join him and start to dance right after the the other guy so you're ricky you were kind of like the guy that started to dance alone and somehow mm -hmm. you're starting a movement of people that of course uh um before you uh we we know that uh, other people tried and uh did like the the, the going from uh one coast to the other coast of the of the us but you you uh, somehow started like to promote more of that movement and with the every single street uh more and more people are 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 doing that uh like last friday i was uh, running with uh, with pedro in in our hometown and he said like there's this guy that uh he saw the the streets that uh, rocky ran in the the movie and now everyone is doing that so mm -hmm. uh, running uh, those exactly same streets um I would like to ask because, again, with uh, the movement uh, thing, you are some someone someone that just like that you ran eleven uh, thousand miles uh, with the Ever Single Street. Eleven hundred. Eleven hundred. Yeah, sorry. Uh, with uh, and you just crossed the United States. I know that you. I think that you started a marathon in Antarctica. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, <laughs> um, what what uh, what motivates you to do these uh, this these types of of projects? You, you told earlier that, of course, like crossing the United States because you wanted to know more about society. Every single street I know that in the in the movie you say that we don't even know our like neighborhood, and you you just started to to run every single street you started the marathon in antarctica what what motivates you like especially because most of the projects you are doing all by yourself you know so what motivates you to one challenge you to go out and do those incredible slash crazy things and number two uh what where 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 you just where the, the the inspiration to do this comes from um i think well i'll i'll answer the second part first i think yeah. the inspiration comes uh from purely from curiosity uh -huh. um and i and i think that curiosity is the most important uh 
thing that we can really hold on to. I, I, kids are curious, like babies are curious, kids are curious. And so are like adolescents, you're curious. We become progressively less curious as we grow older. And it's something that I want to continue to hold on to through my adulthood and, and, and t until the day I die. Um, I, and then to kind of uh, answer the first part of that question, we have this idea that, um, but, and, and not everybody, um, but more and more, we have this idea that everything's been done. You know, we've skied across Antarctica, we've been to the top of Mount Everest, we've sailed around the world, we've been to the moon. Um, you know, we've broken the four minute mile. Um, but you know, I think the, the creative and curious people out there um, look at the world and say, like, no, we haven't done everything. Like, yeah. you, you just have to be creative and curious and, and uh, kind of follow yeah. those two Cheers. things. And, and, Cheers to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, uh, we are we are almost uh, finishing uh, this uh, this conversation. Let's just uh, uh, go for a, a last round. Sven, Nick, Pedro, do you want to ask any question to uh, to Ricky? Yeah. Hi. I have one question. Go ahead. So thanks for your time, Ricky. Um, I watched your movie, and uh, so from you being an artist like a photographer, do you take do you watch your footage right away or do you wait like after the run or after the day to, to watch the footage and um, make sure it's good footage? Um, it it kind of depends on the on the photographs. Um, yeah, it, it depends what I want out of the photograph. Uh, I know that on my run across the country, the photographs were immensely inspiring for me for me myself to keep running and to keep getting more photographs um there was sometimes at the end of the day um when i was running across the country where i you know it was a very hard day it was a long day um it was uh it took an immense amount of effort to convince someone to get their photograph And then I'm just kind of laying down as as I'm about to go to sleep and I and I look back through and I'm like and I see this photograph of a person and I'm like, wow, that was worth it. Um so so when it's uh in in terms of the photos, um at least when I'm talking about running across the country, they I, I did look at them a lot and the reason that I was looking at them was for my own personal motivation and inspiration. A lot of the uh, the video footage that I shot for running across the country, uh, honestly, I never looked at, um, <laughs> and some of it I still haven't seen. Um, it was just like, you know, for whatever reason, it was uh, it, it was kind of nice uh, to be able to have uh, a team of editors and um, true professionals where I could literally hand over, you know. 30 gigs of footage and say you guys sort this out i don't yeah. i don't even need to look at that um so yeah i i really enjoy the editing process of still photography mm -hmm. and i loathe the editing process of video uh, of videography so yeah that and and i don't know what can be uh uh understood from that yeah thanks a lot nick Yeah, Ricky, thank you so much for your time um, this evening today. 
really appreciate it and uh, Francesca for setting it up too. Um, yeah, I suppose um, my only question is when, when, whenever you can come over to Europe next, will you come over and uh, run with us all? We'd really love that. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, that would be good, wouldn't it? So <laughs> yeah. when you're next, yeah. when you're next over in Europe, um, yeah, you know, um, that would be kind of cool. And I suppose one quick question then is of the of the um, of some of the sort of big mountain races or some of the stuff you've done. What, what what's what I know they're all brilliant for different reasons, but what's what sticks in your mind is a really memorable kind of mountain cruise that you've done. Ridge top somewhere, amazing view. Yeah, I was about to ask that question. Yeah, <laughs> thank okay, you sorry, it, yeah. <laughs> no, thank you, thank you. <laughs> um, well, I, 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 the reason that I'm thinking of this uh, right now is because I just did a ski race that started at midnight and finished. Uh, for me, it started finished around eight or nine in the morning. It was the this most recent full moon and. Uh, when you are doing an endeavor through the night and, and especially with a full moon, I think that you're reminded of all the other times in your life that you've really experienced that effort and that place where your brain goes. And I was reminded of uh, doing the Bob Graham round um, in, I think that would have been 2015 or 2016. 2015 with Scott Jurek uh, wow. and uh, for for those of your listeners that that know of it you know of it for those that don't it's a uh, 65 miles 26,000 vertical feet of climbing um, probably the the biggest running achievement for fell runners um, over the past 60 years is is to try and duck under 24 hours for those 42 peaks wow. um, and we did it in 40 or sorry, 23 hours and 48 minutes. Uh, wow. So just yeah. barely getting Incredible. under there. Um, and I, I, I mean, I, I really do think that I'm going to think about that, uh, that yeah. moon set and sunrise, sorry, sunset moonrise um, on that fourth leg of the Bob Graham round. Uh, it, it, like, I remember it back then, like have, bringing tears to my eyes. I mean, it's just that physical mental place that you're in at that moment and then yeah. combine that with um some of the most incredible terrain uh that i've ever seen in my life uh so that that's one that sticks out immensely in my wow. head yeah thank you yeah amazing amazing thank you so much it's been yeah. a really pleasure to listen to you tonight. something thank something you. that makes me feel like you are in pain but at the same time you feel like it's worth it you know like yeah yeah incredible uh, one last one last question. What what are the challenges that you are looking for in the future? Uh, so of course you told us that um, you are like kind of prepare yourself to 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 come back to competition. But um, what are you looking for to achieve in the future? Yeah, so I've got a project that I've been thinking about and working on a little bit over the past couple of years and. And I kind of like uh, having a project that I know is going to take a lot of years um, uh, as opposed to, you know, running across the country or, or dedicating myself specifically to running all of the streets in San Francisco in a very short period of time. Um, it, and I'm calling it the 50 classic trails of North yeah, America. I've heard it, yeah. And so this is just kind of a way for me to explore this continent and uh, really uh, try to find 
um, the natural settings um, and ideally 50 of them uh, that can help kind of paint a broad picture of, of what this continent has to offer. My, my parameters for it is that it, the trail can be done in under 24 hours uh, to help kind of distinguish it from a long hiking trail um, that I can, uh, without question, tell somebody in, uh, you know, New York, uh, if you've got a weekend free fly to this part of, uh, you know, um, wherever Wisconsin and, and get on a boat to Isle Royal and, and go run uh, the 50 mile length of Isle Royal um, and, and know that they're going to have an incredible adventure. Um, and, and lastly, kind of what I already said is that that trail helps paint a broad picture of, of, uh, what this continent is all about. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Incredible. Um, before we finish, I'll kindly ask Sven, Nick and Pedro, if you could just put your micro on, uh, just for a quick, uh, and small, uh, gesture that we can, uh, do to, uh, to thank, uh, Ricky. Uh, because I, I, I'm sure that we, if we could be in person with the wiki, uh, we would finish with uh, 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 an applause. So I, I think that somehow we can... Um, so uh, like on account of three, let's just uh, give a, a small uh, or a big round of applause for this conversation, okay? If you... Hey. So one, two, three... So, um, yes. Ricky, thank you, thank you so much for uh, accepting um, the to be the first guest of our first the Journey Talk. It was incredible. You are a really inspiring person. Um, of course, we we will be we will uh, keep in touch, and uh, we will we will watch you for your next endeavors. Uh, just like we say, you can go. We got your back. Um, and uh, we wish you all the success. Uh, stay safe, and uh, yes. yeah, we will see you in the like in a in a trail somewhere, hopefully in Europe. Sounds yes. great. Yep. Thank you great guys to... for having me. Uh, Thank I you very appreciate much. you, and uh, I'm wishing you all the best with the uh, the journey of the journey. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, Ricky. Thank you, Ricky. Thank you. Appreciate it. Pedro, yeah, and you, Francesco. Thank you guys, so much. Pedro. We'll see you around. Thank you, everyone. Really, ciao, ciao, really Ricky. enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank Thanks, you, guys. Ciao, ciao. Bye. Ciao. ciao.